Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it's your buddy Gavin Phillip, Buster Freestyle. It's been a while. Took a little two-week vacation, not from life, but from the podcast. Uh, had a couple long weekends in there, so you know, little mini vacations, but here we are, Labor Day Monday, September 2nd, got the US Open on the TV, got our buddy Andy Maslin coming up, turf and lawn sports expert Andy Maslin, that is to you all, and to me, that's what he is, philbusterfreestyle.com, we're pumped up. Um, we're talking about pro tennis becoming like pro wrestling at this year's U.S. Open. Really quickly, places listening, second place after the U.S., Australia, followed by Brazil, the U.K., Mexico, Vietnam, amongst others. The number one city listening in the world this week to the filibuster freestyle is a place called, called Gosnells, Australia, which is a suburb of Perth, Australia, out there in the western part of the nation slash continent. Of Australia. So thank you to everybody, as always, for listening. Uh, as the unofficial end of summer is occurring, and we've got about two, three weeks left of actual summer here in America, those down in Australia are ending their winter. So, hey, you got to pass the baton. And right now, you guys are going into spring. We're going into fall. Uh, unless this is your first week on planet Earth, you probably already knew that. Anyway, I want to play for you guys a quick soundbite. Uh, of pro pro tennis player Danielle Medvedev uh, who's quickly become the least favorite opponent of any player playing in this year's men's draw of the U.S. Open. Let me see if I can get it going right away here. Apologies on the technology in the front. Today I was losing 6-3-0. I was painful in my adductor before the match. I thought I'm not going to play. I was painful in my shoulder. I took as much painkillers as I could. And you guys, being against me, you gave me so much energy to win. Thank you. So there you have it. There you have it. What I need to Bronx, say again. Excuse me. Bronx jeers in Queens. So, you know, the Bronx cheer, a.k.a. the jeer, has made its way across the East River from the Bronx, across Long Island Sound, to a little place called the U.S. National Tennis, uh, Tennis Center. And uh, Daniel Medvedev has somehow successfully created himself as a, as a, excuse me, I'm so excited, a wrestling heel in the sport of tennis, which is just kind of one of the last places maybe besides golf where you would think you'd find kind of a villain or somebody who would kind of work themselves in as a villain. So anyway, we're going to get with Andy Mazin on this, but I wanted to play a little soundbite before I play the theme song so you could hear the crowd's visceral reaction to this guy who happens to be seated fifth in the tournament and therefore is like a top ten player in the world. So here comes the theme song, filibusterfreestyle.com is where you can find the show notes, it's where you can find old episodes, you can also find all of our episodes on soundcloud.com, as well as going on to Apple Podcasts or Google Music Play and subscribing to the Filibuster Freestyle. And as always, please leave a review in addition to subscribing to the pod and uh, rate the pod. It helps people find the show. So... Pro Wrestling comes to the U.S. Open with Andy Maslin after the theme song, and here comes aforementioned theme song on the Filibuster Freestyle. Filibuster, Filibuster Freestyle, Filibuster, Filibuster Watch out for the Filibuster, Filibuster, Filibuster Freestyle, Filibuster Freestyle, it's the Filibuster Freestyle, Filibuster Freestyle. As promised, ladies and gentlemen, he's not in the studio, he's back in Florida. But he knows a thing or two about a thing or two called tennis. Andy Maslin joins us. What's up, buddy? 
I am in Florida, not in the hurricane-affected part of the state, as long as it continues to go north like it's supposed to. Glad to be here, Gavmoney. So, first of all, it feels like every year we're doing a Labor Day pod, and every year we're talking about a hurricane bearing down in the southeastern United States. So, to all the laborers out there, happy Labor Day, and to everybody in, in harm's way. It sounds like the Bahamas are getting rocked. Sorry about that, and hopefully you guys are doing the best you can under bad circumstances. So the, there'll, be no, the, it's, there'll be no downloads in the Bahamas this week. Yeah, not, not probably not. So we wish them the best, and not cool. Not cool, Hurricane Dorian. Anyway, um, as I've mentioned to the, to the folks on the, on the, prior to the theme song, you're on, you're on as our lawn and turf sports expert, and We've got some great stuff to talk about in tennis. This is the first time... I need, I need, to, I need to interrupt. Um, yeah. Before we get into the lawn and tennis, my other specialty, NHRA drag racing. Um, Doug Coletto won the U.S. Nationals today. Big win for Air Doug. Just want to shout out to him. First time he's won it in 23 tries. Big win. Puts him back in second place in the overall standings. Go drag racing. Mac Tools Dragster. Let's go. Oh, okay, Mac that, Tools. Unofficial sponsor of the week. I like it. On to the lawn intent, the, 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 the lawn sports, as I am their, their official correspondent. Yeah, but that's great that you got in the unofficial plug for the Mac Tools of Dragster. Nice. I've, you've just converted me. I will try to figure out what the hell you just said offline, and I'll, maybe I'll watch it next week. Next uh. year, when I have to go to my event that I have to go to for, for drag racing, you can come with me. You'll have fun. Yeah, definitely. Let's do a Philly Boston Freestyle field trip. Say that three times fast, and uh, <laughs> we'll do it upright. So anyway... Pro wrestling has come to the U.S. Open. Tennis, not golf. But Tiger Woods, oddly enough, is at Rafael Nadal's match right now on Labor Day Monday. So all the U.S. Open worlds are colliding. And speaking of heels, because Tiger, you know, some people said Tiger should go heel back in the day after he had his trouble with his Escalade and his ex-wife and all that. So it's funny that he's at the U.S. Open right now because in the last two or three days, number five seed, Russian player Daniel Medvedev has embraced the role of wrestling heel like no, really like no tennis player has ever done. And I want to get into that, but really quickly, it's interesting because the U.S. Open is absolutely the right place for this to happen in terms of tennis matches or tennis tournaments, right? Because, you know, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. It's definitely the atmosphere. It's definitely, you know, it, it would not happen. Wimbledon's too stuffy, yep. um, you know, too uptight. The French are just the French, not going to happen. And it's not going to happen in Australia because no one cares. The atmosphere at the U.S. Open for tennis is kind of a party atmosphere. Yes. It's an event. Um, for, for it to happen there is just a perfect setting for it. Yeah, so I'm going to run through a couple of things that kind of lead up to why this guy's got to do what he's doing, okay? But and, Andy's 100% right. If any tournament is going to embrace like a pro wrestling persona coming out of nowhere, it's going to be Flushing Meadows. It's going to be the U.S. Open. So all the introductions in the main court, they turn off all the lights. The players come out of like a lighted up backstage just like pro wrestling, okay? Um, they play music and stuff when the players come out. Star singles players all pair up for doubles and play before sellout crowds like tag team wrestling, right? You've got Coco Goff teaming up with Katie McNally. They're called McCoco. That's like the Rockers. They got destroyed today. Oh, yeah, they got destroyed today by uh, Azarenka and um, uh, who's she playing with? Oh, yeah, Barty, Ash Barty. They smoked them. But those girls were 15 and 17, respectively. Doing their thing. You've got a girl named Christy Ahn, local kid, born two miles away. 
It's been 11 years since she last appeared in the U.S. Open. Storybook stuff. She lost today, too. Naomi Osaka, speaking of people being famous and losing, brings Coco on the court for the interview. Tear-jerking moment on live TV. Whether spontaneous or planned, it was both authentic and made for TV. Very scripted feeling. Very pro wrestling. She lost today. Your boy, your boy Djokovic, and this is kind of leading me down the path, right? Okay. Nope. I, I, this is this is where I need to talk about Djokovic, and, and when we get to Medvedev, I'll, I'll uh, because of what they did to Djokovic is why I agree with Medvedev. Yes, it's, it's, well, it's perfect. It's like we were going to do this pod anyway, and then, so Djokovic, number one seed, we all know the guy, he had a withdrawal from a match against uh, Stan Ravinka. Um he had a withdrawal. He was injured. He's in the midst of a run where he's won four of the last five majors. Finally, an injury catches up with him. He's, people know that he's been hurt. He was complaining about it in the second round that his shoulder was his left shoulder was bothering him. That's the shoulder he has to use to throw the ball up in the air to serve. So pretty key. Um, people booed him because they, you know they wanted a longer match, and he handled it great. Um, you went all in on on Djokovic the last time me and you talked. You've been all on him for a while. The way he handled the fact that they were mad at him for being injured uh, just goes to show you how locked in and classy he actually is. Do you agree with that? I completely agree. It just shows that the fans are a bunch of jack wagons. <laughs> yes, it does. So, you know, this is the 13th mid-match retirement for Djokovic. He's sixth in a major. The guy clearly doesn't want to retire in a match that's a major match. He literally openly said his goal is to break Federer's streak. So it's got to be killing him to, lo- to leave you know, under his own power. Yeah, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't like he was getting dominated. He had a chance to win that match. Yeah, if he was healthy, he probably would have won it in five, right? And, and, and like, the thing is, especially, you know, if you're showing up for the finals, we'll, we'll just say the finals, and there's one match that day, and you show up and the guy retires, I still don't think you can boo the guy. You should boo the guy. But you, you, you went all the way out to flushing, which is a pain in the butt to get to, and, and the match stops halfway through. When you're dealing... With a guy in the quarters or the... Uh, Round of 16, the yeah. There's other matches going on that day. Yeah. There's other matches going on that night. It's not like you bought the ticket and that's the only thing you came to see. You know, c- come on. The guy's hurt. I hate people who I hate people who boo injuries in any sport. It's just, and it just shows... Yes. Uh, like I said, when we get into Medvedev, that's why I take his side because the fans... Sure. And what's interesting is so Vavrinka benefits from Djokovic getting, you know, having to retire. Vavrinka himself has been injured the last two years. Former world, you know, top five player. Uh, he's seated 23. He's finally back to being seated after a few, you know, two knee surgeries. He's now just 16 and 19 against Joker. However, he has, has won his last two. Stan is a three time major champ in this, coming back from an injury. And the crowd is going to be all in on him for his next match because the next match is against Daniel Medvedev, who. Was rude to a ball boy in public, I guess. Had a he ripped the towel out of his hand. Thinly veiled middle finger during during that match. Uh, was the middle finger at the crowd, at the ball boy, at his opponent? Do you know? Um, it was not very clear what it was at. Okay, so exactly, it was a vague middle finger. Uh, the one that you would do like in seventh grade when you and your friends were screwing around from across the room, and so you pretend you're itching the side of your head, but you put your middle finger by your ear. You know, it wasn't like he double middle finger Steve Austin in the crowd, right? The ball boy thing I didn't see. Did you see it or see the replay? I saw the replay of it, and it was it was it was 
not great. But here's the thing. I mean, you're in a match, you're in warm-ups, you're just grabbing for a towel. Maybe he he did snatch it out of his hands, but sometimes it's just you don't even mean it. You're just doing it. Right. I I mean, I'm not saying he did or he didn't, but the way he just went complete heel turn was phenomenal. So what's amazing is the crowd turns on him as only a New York City crowd can, right? Like, New York City is really great at embracing people suddenly and really great at giving heat, mad heat, at people that they are mad at suddenly, right? So you've got, you've got a guy who then basically wins the match, tough five-setter, by the way, and he goes all ravishing Rick Rude in the crowd. And he says, in a very sarcastic, mocking tone, with the Russian accent, by the way, which is right out of the WWF playbook, is to make the bad guy a Russian. Well, and here's the thing. I I, I I don't know. I didn't research that much. I was assuming he was Russian. Yeah. He's uh, definitely finish, Russian. Just, just, just finish doing what he said, and then I'll get into my point. Yeah. So, so he says that basically he's like, thank you for all the energy. You guys kept me going. You guys helped me keep pushing. And if you keep giving me that same level of energy right now as you did tonight, I'm going to have enough energy to win five more matches and win the whole tournament. And basically said it in the most sarcastic way possible. Then started basically doing like wrestling heel moves where blowing kisses to the crowd, drinking in the booze. Fantastic stuff. Andy, go. See, you're going wrestling, which is great because it was a true wrestling heel turn. I'm going whole political spectrum, everything that's going on, Mm. kind of this over-the-top patriotism from certain parts of the country right now, Mm. you know, with the, you know, uh, that's actually turning into, you know, racism and other things, but over-the-top patriotism, um, Problems with the Russians. I mean, this is straight out of the Rocky series. This, yeah, this is Rocky this, Four. This is Rocky Four. Um, you know, they, they're going to go at it. I wish there was an American left. I mean, the, the the only American player is that it's on American soil. But I mean, this is this is the evil Russian. We're in a a spot in our 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 culture right now where there's a lot of questions about what Russia's doing. The Cold War is kind of, you know, not that it's building back up, but there's a lot of questions of what's going on. Yes. And now you have this Russian just coming after the New York crowd and just being like, feed me. Feed me your anger. Feed me your booze. And I will win. Yeah, this I is like the opposite of, of the opposite of Rocky Four in terms of, instead of going to Moscow and fighting against a Russian in front of a hostile crowd, you're going to New York City and taking on everybody else and the hostile crowd, right? It's it's really interesting stuff. Um, and what's really interesting too is so he played again today, or maybe it was last night. I'm sorry. Um, he's playing a German qualifier, Dominic Kepfer. Okay, guy guy played at Tulane. When you're a qualifier, it means you only made the tournament because you played a pre-tournament and got in. The crowd was chanting, let's go Kepler, let's go Kepler in unison, like it was a Yankees playoff game. And he was friggin' Mariano Rivera. Uh, the dude got down a set, Medvedev's down a set, came back to win it in the next three. He again, instead of being like, guys, we had a tough night the other night, and I know you're mad at me, but like, let's be friends, he went after them again! <laughs> and so... The best part about this, this is before we even talked about doing a pod. Right. We were already going to do a mini-pod. I called it a mini-pod last night, and then he did this again. Yesterday at church, went, went to, you know, good Catholic boy, went to Catholic Mass in the morning. Um, 
we were having donuts afterwards because that's the only way we can bribe my daughter into being good at church is that she gets a donut in the That sounds like a very home. familiar tactic that was employed upon myself back in the eighties. Yes. So one of the ladies we know from church who um, we know pretty well, she was at the US Open and was at the Medvedev match where he turned on the crowd. And she said some of the things that the crowd was yelling at him and chanting at him were absolutely nasty. Really? <laughs> Anything that you can share or no? There's nothing that she shared. She's like, I can't even repeat it. So True, and it was a church church a fellow church, churchgoer. And she is probably 70 years old. So. Correct. So it might not have been that bad, but for her to be, you know, for her to come back to that story is pretty awesome, by the way. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, lo- I love it. Like I said, the, the, the crowd booing the injury, and, and not that I root for Medvedev, but I now have no feelings for the crowd after they boo an injury. So now I, I want Medvedev to do pull he- a full heel on it. I mean, if he's losing and he, he smashes the other guy with a chair, I'm all in on that. Yeah, you're going full Medvedev, and so it's. But also, let's think about this. So you know, we touched on the wrestling, the obvious Russian. Uh, sorry, the obvious, the obvious Rocky Four analogies, the obvious wrestling analogies, and you you also touched on the obvious political analogies, right? But the other thing is, this is a this is a marketing genius move, at least in the short term. Okay, this guy is the number five seed in the tournament, so ostensibly he's a top ten player in the world, and nobody outside of tennis circles knew him or was talking about him three days ago. He's a top five player. He's a top five player in a world uh, where the only top, the only the top three players matter. Right. We're in a world where everybody's talking about the big three and Serena, and he's tro- he's toiling in anonymity two spots behind Federer, right? And that's got to suck. So my take is he's seeing how much attention guys like Nick Kyrgios, the Australian firebrand, is getting for all his antics, and he's probably like, wait a second. Kyrgios is super talented, but he also loses in the first round of tournaments all the time. Super inconsistent. I'm a much better player than him. I'm, you know, pretty much as good as anybody. And if they won't love me, and if they won't even acknowledge me as a really good player, might as well ride the heel train, right? Because now he people know him. And here's the thing. Next year, running into the into the U.S. Open in New York a year from now, no matter what happens between now and then, yep. that first week, week and a half of the tournament when they're trying to get stories going, you yeah, know, on that's one of them. or who's ever covering it, that's a big story. A lot of eyeballs on them. There'll be a lot of European um, sponsors going his way. Yeah, and that, that's the other thing. So, so, one, he's done a great job for himself because he's on the biggest stage in tennis. And he's made a name for himself, whether for good or for bad reasons. No press is bad press. Short term, it's great stuff. And long term, that's your good point. Is It's not like this is the NBA and the hated player only comes into the building twice a year. Okay? Yes, he only comes back to New York once a year, right? But when he goes to tournaments in China or Brazil or Italy, there might be some people in the crowd who are like, wow, they really crushed him in America. That sucks. I feel bad for him, and I know who he is. So to your point, he's not even a heel all over the world. He's just a heel in New York City. Yeah. It's like Tom Brady is just a hero in Massachusetts, and everybody else hates him, but it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, like I said, I don't, I, I, I would love to know if he has a PR team or if he just did it himself after the match and was a little like annoyed and just like these idiot Americans. I'm just gonna play with them, and then he just went all in on it again tonight. Well, the thing was, they they bought it hook, line, sinker. 
And then they boo Djokovic for getting hurt. And so, of course, he's like, even if he wasn't thinking of doing it again, he's like, you know what? These people boo Djokovic for, for being injured. Like, there's no way they're going to come back and be cool with me. So, yeah, I might as well own this and be the talk of the town. Like, you and I do, do very, like, third segment t- tennis talk sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is, like, about tennis today. <laughs> I know. It, it, I, I love. I mean, a lady at church told me about it. That's how big of a story it is. Yeah, it's fantastic. So here's my lukewarm take, and you actually touched on it earlier. If Medvedev wins the U.S. Open, does the president congratulate him on Twitter and invite him to the White House for some Big Macs, or what? Oh, I don't know. I I'm gonna say yes, he does. But then there's also, and I may have mentioned this in the podcast before. These top Russian hockey players who all, um, you know, love Putin and and talk about him glowingly. Yes. They all have, the top ones all have a credit card. Right, like the Russian Russian gold card, right? The Russian gold card, and when they go out, they'll drop it down for the team, for them and their group of friends, and run up, you know, $50,000, $100,000 tabs on it and not care because it's all covered. Medvedev is getting one of those cards. There's yeah, if Medvedev didn't have a Russian gold card, he just earned one. Like Medvedev has done more, you know, more. He's done more in the last two days than I think uh, Ovechkin did in his career. <laughs> yeah, for Putin, I mean, not for like in, in for, terms of. Yeah. I mean, the guys. Ovi's a great player, but my point is, um, this guy didn't did in, in in less than two weeks time. Like what Ivan Drago did for fake in 1986. Yeah. It's fantastic. Now, let me ask you this. So the opposite the opposite of Rocky, though, where we claim that Rocky IV helped end the Cold War, yeah. this is helping escalate the Cold yeah, War. Yeah, but which is what Putin wants. Yeah. Especially heading into an election, election cycle. It's... This is like, this is um, this is like straddling sport, geopolitical sphere, wrestling, showmanship, and oh yeah, by the way, the biggest tennis tournament in the world. Yep. And oh. it's 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 crazy how it's played out. In and I'm now hoping it gets to the finals. Yeah. So he'll have to go I'll through let... a Vavrinka and either either Federer or Dimitriov to do it. But that's that's doable. Guy's number five in the world. It's, it's it's doable, but I want to see a finals match with the entire entire stadium rooting against him. And there's just something about it when 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 you're the underdog when when you are feeding off the hate. It almost it's almost more uplifting than feeding off the love. It's I mean oh my it, god it's the it, part of the movie phenomenal. it's the part of the action movie and again it's it's it's. The, the metaphors are a little mixed because he's kind of the bad guy here in terms of what the crowd relationship, but it's the part of the movie where the bad guys try like the last double cross and the guy just goes berserk and goes into like Hulk mode, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's a it's when the Hulkster, you know, someone's hitting him with a steel chair and he's getting stronger, you know? Like, I, I mean, this is like going back to, to wrestling. I mean, back in the early 80s, uh, who was it? Uh, Nikita Koloff and the Iron Sheik. They were created for this like geopolitical game. Yeah, no, this wrestling. is literally the oldest trick and in the book. This is a real guy. Yeah. This is the oldest trick in the book in a, in a fake KFAB world of wrestling. And this is tennis. This is not fake. 
This is a crowd having a visceral reaction to a guy, and then somehow the guy being like, instead of being like, hey, ball boy, I'm sorry. Hey, everybody, I'm sorry I gave somebody a vague middle finger. It's actually, I'm going to say nice things in a very sarcastic way. (laughs) And become the story of the tournament. Going to a tennis match or a golf match is all is very different than going to see a Davidson basketball game to you know going to a Tampa Bay Lightning game. Usually the home team is eighty to ninety percent of the fans. Yes. At a tennis match you can root for everybody. To have the whole stadium rooting against you. Right. Well because one of the things of a, Yeah, you're right. Our place it's gonna be fifty fifty, you know, like well, also, people root for a good match. It goes back to the booing of Djokovic. Some people just want to see a four or five setter no matter what. Like, they might want Nadal to win tonight. They might want Chilich to win tonight. But they're really glad that it's going to go at least four sets because they paid good money. And anything more than three sets is basically free tennis. So to your point, I don't think people are going to care if he loses in three, four, or five. They were just going to want him to lose. Yeah. But, but to, to get the whole stadium hating you is awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and to your point, he can go to Spain or go to Antarctica or anywhere else, and people might actually be sympathetic for him, and he can actually be a regular tennis player again. But every time he comes back to New York City, the story is going to be, remember when this guy went heel, and he's either going to have a, a, a makeup with, with American tennis fans in Flushing like in the next five years, or he's not. And either way, no. it's going to be a story. Would full heel and, and let me know so, if you could go over the top. I, would I, full heel be him winning the tournament, pulling out a Russian flag and planting it in the middle of center court? Yeah, I guess. I mean, certainly waving it, you know, or put. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, the only you know, I mean, the only thing more heel would be if he paid a guy to come out dressed as Rocky and just like took his racket and smashed him over the face with it. I don't know. <laughs> You know, um, or if he like suplexed a ball boy, you know, just just give <laughs> gave a wrestling gave a wrestling move to one of the ball boys. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm not advocating violence. Everybody, don't try this at home. Daniel Medvedev is a professional. <laughs> yeah. So I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, because um, then just kind of switching gears a little, but it would go it, will, it actually will go back to potentially what you want to see. I think you've kind of already answered this, but. Oddly, Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer have never met in the U.S. Open ever, in any round, in any year, ever. And one of the stories has ever. been ever. And one of the story, stories has been: Are these two ever going to play under, under the lights in the in the world's largest tennis stadium? And obviously, if they do, they both will have to get to the finals, which means Medvedev will lose in Federer's side of the bracket. But are you more locked in on you just want to see Medvedev versus whoever shows up? No, I want to see Nadal Fredder. But isn't this a nice booby prize? It, it, it would be. It, it would be. I want to see Nadal Fredder. Medvedet, it, as much as I love the story for me, I, I think they, they've never they've never played under, they've never played at the U.S. Open. There's only what maybe three or four more chances for them to play at the U.S. Open, and right now they're both playing at such a high level. It would be great. Yeah, and they both have incredibly high stakes because Joker has been on fire. And and yeah, well, uh, he's that, out. Was, that was back to our last one. Do we think Joker's going to catch? I still think Joker catches catches. But if Federer can pull this out, this is almost like I don't want to call it a free win because obviously he had to win. But this is one that he didn't have to face Joker in, you know. So it takes it, it's 
it almost makes up for that last one. That well, that, yeah. That, if, if Federer delivers here, it makes up for not winning Wimbledon because you pick up. Yeah, you pick up. You know, it was a two major swing, and you get one back. Yeah. And you know, you know, you know, Djokovic can't win this one. So you know, if you come out with it, yeah, you go back up by by four. Um, yeah. Now the other thing, or sorry, five actually, because twenty to sixteen, and then obviously Rafa has eighteen. If Rafa gets this, I mean, and he's probably winning the French next year. I mean, holy crap! And then I do think, even though Rafa and Djokovic are the same age, I just think Djokovic is going to have a longer shelf life. I do too. I. I, I, like it's it's funny because I think Joker has a longer shelf life, but until I see otherwise, and, and I've changed my opinion until I, until I see otherwise, I'm just penciling in Rafa in the French every year. Yeah, if Rafa can play the court the clay season, even if he's coming in out of shape, if he can get three tournaments in before Roland Garros, he's gonna win the French Open. So I mean, you figure he probably has three. Like I said, I, I'm looking at a three to four year window where he wins two. You know, maybe yeah, he's and he's currently two ahead of Djokovic, and he could win this one, which means he'd be three ahead of Djokovic. Yeah, yeah. So if he goes three up and then wins three more Frenches, Djokovic has to win six more majors just to catch Rafa, which I think he could he can definitely do because he wins them in chunks. But six is still a lot because other dudes are starting to pull on like yeah. Pull up too. Like if Vavrinka's back in the mix, like he's won three majors. You know, like yeah, and that's the thing. You just need a guy like a couple guys like that that can win one here and there, and also knock one of those guys out of the tournament before they play each other. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's fascinating. Now, what do you think on this? Like, I'll just go women's tennis for a hot second here. So, number one seed, defending champion Osaka, falls today. Serena seems to be playing better as the, as the tournament goes on, as long as her ankle's okay. Does she finally get over the hump and win that first major post-baby? I, I think so. Um, I think women's tennis right now with the Williams sisters where they're at in life and these younger girls just not grabbing it yet. I, I'm not surprised anyone wins any of, any of the women's tournaments. Yeah, for sure. Um so we'll see, because I believe if Serena wins this, she she's totally passes Margaret Court um, for majors. And, of course, Margaret Court won in a very different era, but I think they're both tied at 24 now. Yeah, I was a big Margaret Court fan growing up. Well, I do um, want to point out that whenever, or in the past, when you and I have talked about Serena, you know, my, my father typically gives me notes on the pod, and, you know, he's pointed out more than once that I'm, I'm not giving Margaret Court her due. So Now, was the tennis court named after her? Is she that old? <laughs> yes. It was called, a, it was called a, 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 a tennis rink before. And, and then um, between... After her 19th major. Yeah. But then after her 19th major, they changed it to a court because roller skating was starting to pick up anyway. And they already had hockey rinks. And it just got... It was getting weird. So they Perfect. decided to call it a tennis court. She also was a great basketball player, which is why we call it a basketball court. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, it, it, like I said, the women's game is a little bit in a state of flux right now. Totally agree. I do think Serena's got as, bad, as, as good a shot as any right okay. now to get number 25. And she said I she's going to play as long as Roger plays. And Roger's uh, are, you, are you watching the Louisville Notre Dame game right now? I'm not because I'm watching this tennis match, but what's going on in that game? Three fumbles in a row. By both teams, like fumble, fumble, fumble? Louisville fumbled, Notre Dame recovered. First play after that, Notre Dame fumbled, Louisville recovered. Louisville's first play, they fumbled, and Notre Dame recovered. So, guys, it's not practice, it's a real game. (laughs) Practice. 
Might want to pay attention to the ball. Um, well, I don't know. College football is back, buddy. That's exciting. Sports are back, man. Sports are back. So we'll let it go there. Medvedev, we're pulling for you for as far as you can go. We want to see where this goes. But if he does lose, it'll probably be a more compelling final for the tennis world. But I do think this thing has a chance to become one of the most memorable runs of all time if he somehow makes the final. Um, for sure. If he wins and does not plant the Russian flag at center court, I'm out. You're out on Medvedev or you're out on tennis? Out on Medvedev. It's a wasted run if he doesn't do that. Yeah, he, he really has gone too far now over the line to, to try to throttle it back. Yeah. Amen. All right, Andy, stick around. We will catch up. Everybody else, Phil Buffs Freestyle. Follow us, for gosh sakes. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Google Music Play. Check us out on SoundCloud. Go to philbusterfreestyle.com. And uh, if you're ever in Sarasota and you need some uh, information on where to go, Andy Maslin is your guy. Isn't that right, Andy? I will give you solid directions of the places you should be at and the places you shouldn't be at. Even more important. All right, guy. Stick around for a minute. Everybody else, have a great start to your week and happy Labor Day.